Welcome to Being Experiential Podcasting. I'm Bethany Evans. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Erin Pruitt. And today we are talking about, um, well, we're starting a series called Breaking the Shame. Um, and we have a lovely guest, Kate Calico. Welcome, Kate. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And we're super excited to have you, Kate, um, because this Today's episode is about breaking the shame and really looking at ladies learning the history of where the being empowered healers and witches, where we come from, why maybe there was shame along the history of us and what's not ours and really how to reclaim, like we're fucking magicians. We're like uh, so amazing. And I think a lot of us forgot, like we've been socialized to forget it. So we are super honored to have you today come and talk to us to remind us and all our listeners, like, listen, you're fucking magic makers. And this is why. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Thank you for having and me. Do your magic on us. <laughs> uh. Our first question, this is what we want to know is we wanted to know is like women being the wisdom keepers, right? And that's, we're using a general term wisdom keepers, but we mean healers, we mean witches, we mean goddesses. It's kind of that whole magic and feminine blended mm -hmm. together. And one of the things is we want to ask you is just kind of like, What's your sense of females? Like, who are we in the world? Like, what are we capable of right now as wisdom keepers? Um, well, you know, women as healers, women as the uh, wisdom keepers have been around in all cultures. Um, the archetype of the witch has, you know, existed since I think the beginning of time. And especially as healers with our bodies, with other women's bodies, with men's bodies, um, we have been the ones to uh, cultivate that and pass it down and create children through our bodies and pass our knowledge down to them. And, you know, uh, it's something that is kind of coexisted in the world with people and we've grown from that. And the more um, people we have, the more we can really share that. Uh, and share those secrets and they get buried away through time and space and they come up again and they go away again. And um, I think that we all have a bit of magic inside of all, inside of us. What's unique about, the long list of questions, but I wanna, what is <laughs> unique about women and uh -huh. the magic? What's different than men? Like why, we're having conversations, we have a lot of female listeners mm -hmm. and I'm a, big believers in the research, right? Women have been right. stripped from their power mm -hmm. and our power looks generally different than men, right? Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us what is unique about women? Like, why is our power different and what's available that we can bring to the planet that maybe we've lost or haven't deepened that power connect to? It's available now that maybe wasn't available five years ago or 50 or 200 years ago. Um, well, one of the most obvious things that uh, is available to us is, um, you know, technology and conversation. 
and having the ability to talk and answer each other really fast. So we can get an, uh, a lot of information downloaded by um, research way faster than we could have, you know, five years ago, last year, a um, hundred years ago. <laughs> and so the, the communication has helped us, I think, grow from the, a place of not knowing to a place of knowing faster and knowing a little bit too much too fast sometimes. Uh, so that is the most obvious uh, thing that has recently changed to give us an ability to develop faster of our you know skills of intuition. Something that's been around uh, why women have these powers that I have no idea why humans you know are the top of the food chain, so to speak, assuming we don't go in the ocean. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not an orangutan sitting here having this conversation with you. You know, I'm a homo sapien. I don't know yeah. those answers. Um, but intuition is something that is, you know, a little bit more of the feminine art, uh, the um, ability to create life, which I'm 35 weeks pregnant right now. So I mm. might be coming from a place of deep creation um, yeah. <laughs> just naturally. And I think that, um, you know, having the, the ability to create, it also gives us the power of the ability to destroy. And therein lies fear um, and shame and judgment from ourselves and from other people as well. Um, you know, male or female, ourself or another, it's, it's all there. Our shadow self, the archetype of the witch is something that is hidden inside of all of us. And it's scary. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of, I, I think women are more naturally able to tap into that shadow side and not to fear it as much. But mm -hmm. what I, so what I was like hearing in Aaron's question was like, why, yeah, like I guess it, that is that you kind of answered it is that like the the fear is the the us being able to tap into it and not us not being afraid of the shadow. Whereas as yeah. I think men are a little bit more, which is why I think like the patriarchy conditioned you know culture became about like came about was because of that fear, right? That fear of the power that we do have to tap into the shadow and to our intuition so easily. Whereas maybe it may be harder for them for whatever reason. I don't know if it's hormones or just the way we're built, right? Like that's, if we look at why we were built, you know, we have purposes. There's, there's a reason there's two different, you know, genders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think men's um, magic is, is, can be very, very different than ours. Yeah. Um, they, um, I think their shadow self are as typically and um, a totally different archetype than the witch. Sometimes mm -hmm. it comes out as the beast mm -hmm. and then you hear the taming of the inner beast and um, you know, looking at uh, approaching your shadow self as a man is a completely different than approaching your shadow self as a woman. Uh, frankly, cause beasts are, you know, scary and big and, and this, but witches are, mysterious and mm -hmm. that is kind can be a lot more dangerous you know than a werewolf banging on your door you you know what you're getting yeah but a witch coming by you know to sell you some soaps what <laughs> is that true. <laughs> you know yeah that's true what um, is, so we approach what it differently what would you describe the archetype of the witch How um would you describe I, her i think she is someone that can be um 
you know, it's completely enchanting and beautiful, um, compelling, powerful. I think that she is also someone that can be um, scary and old with, a, you know, a big pointy nose and warts and one tooth <clears throat> that lives in a house made of chicken legs. <laughs> and I think that she can also be a child, um, you know, super connected to, to source and life. She is it's the same. She could be, um, you know, a cat or uh, something in nature that's kind of aloof watching you. Um, but we all have the, you know, the broader sense of the archetype of the witch is two things at once, you know, we could be both, we can be multiple mm. things at once. And mm -hmm. the shape shifting, um, you know, comes up throughout every culture of healers and cursors, you know, I, I don't know if cursors is the right word, but I like it. Um, land for me. I was like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the same day, even. No, I'm yeah. just saying somebody can, you know, yeah, do that the in the same day. Yeah. So uh -huh. true. Yeah. It's so funny that you're talking about this because aren't you Bethany thinking like about the pussy book like I'm like mm -hmm. this is so because we talk about how to create your own turn on and to create your like really being in your glory and it's for no other purpose but your own there's just like this goddess bewitching energy around it and I think what you're inviting us to look at is the beauty right this this the kind of being in the light but also the dichotomy like it's this yin yang but uh of also like the the to curse but to also uh you said what's the opposite you said curse what was the other one i don't remember <laughs> I, I might have said heal <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah like it could be yeah. good or bad but i don't know if bad's the right word is there a better word than bad because it feels you can't have one without the other where like mm, bad duality right. resides in us I think good and bad are both uh, bad terms. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, it's hard. It's not even, is it, is it healing somebody good? I don't know. Is healing a bad person good? Maybe mm. not. So that's we use point. these, we throw these words around because that's how we think in a binary manner, but yeah, it's way more complex than just one English word, you know, or two English words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah you know, it's a theory that we can't really name. There's something about being able to live in the gray, you know, yeah. I was talking with a client who has a child who has mental health issues and her and her husband, he's like in or out, like black or white. And she's like, okay, that can work in some situations, but we, this is our child. There's so much more gray and there's so much more sticking points and complications. I want to explore it and I'm, I don't need to decide. Like she was really able to hold space mm -hmm. for the gray, which I sometimes see my female clients be able to do that, to see it, to hold space for it, to explore it. I also see sometimes the female clients getting lost in it. Like you can't yes. you know, be like, I'm going to move this one way or the other. But yeah, what yeah. you're saying reminds me of that, that how females can hold greater space for more complicated issues and also like seeing the trickle down effect of if I do this it will affect this and this and this and seeing mm -hmm. the ripple of their choices a little bit less 
uh, linear than men who kind of, mm -hmm. um, I think their brains, you know, brain uh, research shows that men see more in tunnel ways where women right. see right. landscapes. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, my husband, Zach, says that they men think in boxes and sometimes there's just yeah. a nothing box where they're sitting there and you're <laughs> like, what are you thinking? And they're, and he's like, nothing. And literally they have the ability, the gift to think nothing while they're <laughs> that sitting must be there. Nice. I've never done that. I don't know any woman that has been able to sit there and zone out and think <laughs> nothing. No. Um, but, you know, they have that moron ability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of choice words <laughs> I know. right now. Like, pregnant. what do you really think? Um, I would totally think that. Like, yeah. what do you really think? Yeah. Like, what do you really yeah. think? Yeah. And we <laughs> don't believe them, then we're suspicious. And, and it goes right? on to that shows our shadow self because we know how suspicious um, and mysterious and uh, cunning and um, conniving that we could be. Yeah. And so we assume so that men are, doing the uh, same men are the same and they're just not. They're not that uh, wicked. They're not wicked witches, you know. Which is why we're the witches. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. them. And um, you know, that's something to really play with with our shadow selves. Is that it's it can be really really funny. Um, yeah. You know how dark we can go so fast because we're able to live in the space of the gray. Yeah, and it's not it's not bad. You know, I always thought that sometimes we can go dark too, and this is for both of you. I wondered if we can go dark because the way we've also been victimized by society. Yes, absolutely. And, and disempowered. Mm -hmm. So it's not just um, finding your place shoulder to shoulder with men. It's like, fuck, I have to fight for it. Oh, but I'm also, you could be a physical threat. You could be, you know, yeah. like um, so many pieces. So I didn't know if that felt, sometimes I feel like, chicken or the egg like did it get stripped from me then this is our next question to you is did we get stripped of our power or did did it get doused or camouflaged because bethany and i work with a lot, a lot of clients and we're helping them reawaken that inner witch right it's there but i can you speak to like historically what happened because i know that women walked this planet at one point in all their glory and it was reflected back to them and now it's like finding it again mm -hmm. um can you speak to like the history of women like did we get stripped of our power what happened what the fuck happened well you know i think it's really easy to blame outside of ourselves and to say patriarchy did this to all of us um mm. but really who allowed if we were the in charge who allowed patri patriarchy to happen you know who what brought out there told her son that it was okay to um, minimize women yeah. and allowed that to, yep. to go on and, <clears throat> and who allowed this, um, you know, to flourish in society and all societies um, and throughout time. And really we have to take some sort of responsibility to, you know, were we scared of our sisters? Were we pointing the finger at other women um, were we not speaking up? Were we allowing um, these trials, you know, witch trials, uh, witch prosecutions to happen? And, um, you know, there, there's different periods of uh, big historical witch trials and prosecutions that have happened that we know more about, especially um, in European and, and Christianity uh, cultures where 
um, you know, you hear burn the witch and everybody's pointing fingers at their neighbor, whether, you know, either because they don't like them or because they're fearful of them or because they didn't help them in a way that they thought that they wanted. So you could switch on your neighbor really fast from the healer to the witch, the midwife to the baby killer. And, um, you know, we, we turn on each other and you see this a lot where women get jealous and uh, get vengeful or get, um, you know, they are unintentionally or intentionally spitting the evil eye out on other people and we're not looking out for each other. So we give this ability to um, let the outside world or men even um, tear us down and keep us down, whether they're fearful or not, we are not sticking up for ourselves and we're not sticking up for our sisters um, around us. And, you know, you see this in modern, um, modern times with uh, women like uh, Monica Lewinsky or, uh, you know, currently there, there's a documentary about Britney Spears and things where we all kind of were like, oh, she's it. Let's, let's blame her for something that um, maybe just she fell into or happened upon or, you know, the, there's all these stories of these evil, evil witches, but how did they become that from a child to, you know, an old crone? Where's, where is it, where's it started? Like you said, the chicken or the egg. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that um, it's preventable by um, tackling our own shame. And it starts inside before, you know, we go to our neighbor and blame them. You know, why, where does that judgment come from? Why do we feel the need to blame and point the finger and be victimized? You know, it's interesting. Not victims. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I remember in college and high school having those debates, like people saying, well, like in a rape case, like, well, what was she mm-hmm. wearing and this? And I, and I think a lot of me sometimes p- assumes it's more of a masculine energy, but every once in a while, you know, I'll have a conversation, like I heard a text someone that was like, I just can't imagine there being a female president. What if she like has a bad day? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm always surprised, but I think it's because I grew up in a very uh, matriarchal family, supportive, mm-hmm. and and like, I was like, my mom would, and dad would say, if you get lost, go to a woman. Like, trust women. I was naturally groomed to trust women, but in society, I know that women aren't always groomed to trust you, whether one another in their own households, women are, are fathers or mothers, or is doing that but I think that I like I want I I I guess I know so part of me when I hear you I'm like yes and part of me goes I don't want to blame the victim like you know like shit has happened to us that's like crazy you know women have been have had you know like the you know Salem witch trials and being like well if you're a witch you'll float after we see you know throw you in the water Oh, you didn't float. Guess you weren't a witch. Oops, sorry. I'm like, no wonder women were scared <laughs> and running because it's fucking crazy. But at the same time, we have the modern day stuff. I like at the same time, it's where were we taking care of each other? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you're what you said is that it really depends on the environment and the family you grew up in and what what models you saw, right? So like I wasn't conditioned to trust women. I was actually the opposite, you know. I had a lot <laughs> in my family, it was a lot of the the jealousy, the, you know, conniving, talking behind each other's backs and 
you know, putting, putting each other down, but that's just because that's what my family grew, you know, it's like the, it, the lineage that we grew up in. So mine was a lot different. So I'm, I don't trust women as easily. And, and then to speak to what you had said, Kat, is that it is, if we aren't accepting of our own shadow side, that's when we're going to be projecting it onto the people or, yeah. or, you know, um, uh, condemning other people for it too, because we haven't found that power yet within ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I I understand what you're saying about the victim thing too, because I think we, I mean, we aren't victims, but sometimes we do get victimized, I guess, or there are things that happen to us that we are out of our control. Um, It's really, I think, then a matter of, do we allow it to keep happening going Mm -hmm. forward, right? When we realize that and realize like, no, I'm not, I'm not a victim, right? And it's, it's kind of meant to, I think those situations that happen like are meant to help you find your power. And it just is a matter of, you know, what it takes for you to do that. Oh. Yeah, I, I think being singled out like that um, and, and being victimized, like you said, is, um, is you know, a way of, it's, it's really isolating and it's very, you know, you feel very alone and it's yeah. easy to fall into a path of what is wrong with me instead of saying, well, ha, 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 ha. like, well, here yeah. I come. I, I am that evil. I am that seductress. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. go. Right. Um, and you get to a little, you know, I think when we get older, we get more confidence to step into that, um, side of, well, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, usually we get victimized as young teens and young, um, girls where we're still so close to being magical, but then thrust into adulthood mm-hmm. by other people's projections. Um, and, you know, it's, there's a lot of trauma there. There's a lot of inherited trauma through our family. Everybody is at some point, whether you have a perfect family or a disgusting family, you're a, a victimized child. And so were your parents and so were their mm-hmm. parents. And there's so much that we kind of inherit um, generationally that we don't even notice. And it comes yeah. up in so many other ways in our character. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be aware of that, it's, it's hard, it's painful, it's scary. Um, and until you get on the other side of your shadow self, it's, you know, it almost feels impossible to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you, Kat, what would you rec- recommend to women that are listening to us right now and going, okay, I'm a healer. I'm a cursor. Okay. I can see that. Right. I can see, I'm see my shadow, but also see, um, my, like the beauty of who I am, the potential, the my glory, right? What, what would you advise women to do to be able to embrace both aspects? And so it's a two-part question is how do they embrace it? I don't like to ask really short questions. That's, okay. <laughs> That's fine. So you better take notes, write it down. Yeah. So how okay. can they embrace the duality? Okay. And the second piece is how can, if they want to choose if there's like, hey, you know what? I don't want to be the light worker healer. I want to be, I, I'm okay with being like playing with that evil side. Or I don't want to be this cursy, you know, witchy, uh, um, not witchy, this, you know, more this, um, the cursor. I, I can't think of another word. Because I'm mm-hmm. even having, as you can hear me, I'm even having a hard time holding space for the duality. Like I right, have right. chosen something. So it's hard for me to look and go, why would someone do that? <laughs> but we can talk about that later, my own issues. Uh, but I, but how do they hold space for both? And then how can they powerfully choose if they want? How would you advise them? 
Um, I think, you know, to embrace the duality, we have to do it in a really unconditional, loving way and with ourselves. And we have to be very kind and open to that soft spot that we're digging into and our femininity um, and the dark feminine is um, still soft, even though it's, uh, you know, maybe dark, it's not, it's still feminine. It still needs to be treated with the utmost, you know, divine motherly love that we all have, we're all created with. Um, and to embrace both sides, you really can, can look at yourself. I think there's a lot of different exercises we can do, whether if you like to make lists and really make it binary, you know, this, this is a bad part of myself, this is a good part of myself and, and kind of play with both sides. I think we could do um, looking at our faces in the mirror where and and noticing the thoughts and the feelings that come up from when we're really just looking at ourselves in our own eyes um i think that we could do that with dream work i think there's so many different avenues where we can call in and embrace that duality but then what do we do once we have it um you know what's what's the point how do we define ourselves where do we pick i'm going to be a garden witch I'm a gray witch. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a midwife. I'm not a witch. I'm a healer only. Um, I'm a, um, you know, I'm a bad witch and I will use my glamour magic and you can all just suffer at my feet for it. You know, there's so many different ways that we, we, we can um, box it up and think like a man and make it over here and over here and over here. And sometimes it's easier to comprehend it it, that way in your your identity but I think it's also okay to change it and I think that as women we're really um we work in cycles mm-hmm. and um you know one minute we can feel and be this way and the next minute it's okay to to do the other um and to be the other so I, I think we ultimately have to be really gentle with ourselves and and let the ability to change exist and we don't have to pick um you know, what we're going to be permanently, I think we can pick what we want to be in the moment. Um, it's, you know, it be okay with that changing the next month or yeah. the next week or whatever, however you operate, you know? Yeah. I absolutely love that because I think that is one of our powers is to be able to flow, to ebb and flow and to not be stuck in one energy or one feeling, you know, that mm-hmm. is one of our powers thanks to our cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of water magic in there if you think about it with our cycle and with um, the ebbing and flowing and um, just, you know, water's super powerful and cleansing and helpful, but it's also so destructive and scary if, yeah. you know, you're out there in the middle be. of the ocean. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. So there's this like, reclaiming right women and I look to the world right so I look to how I view my perception is do women have access to power do have women have are they at the tables making decisions and the more in my opinion the more women and from women all types women of colors backgrounds the more diversity at a table making decisions to me seems reflective of women coming into their own power. It's a, it's a uh, symptom. Mm-hmm. Do you see a shift that's happening now where women are being honored and coming into more power access? Are you seeing it differently than I see it? 
kind of what I'm wondering. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I know what you're saying. Um, we definitely have, uh, it seems, you know, like we have, women have come into their power and it seems like we, um, there's a lot of women leaders and stuff. And it seems like this is a new thing, but again, it goes back to having the ability to have a technology and instant communication. There have always been uh, victorious and strong women throughout history. There have always been women leaders. There have always been women on tops of, tops of their government, um, the tops of their households. And this is nothing new. Um, I think that it seems new and it seems more accepted because we went through a short period of history as far as human history goes of um, women being really shut in domestically um, and not holding space for those traditionally what we think of masculine roles in society but that's not the case I mean we've always been there we've just not many people know about it because we didn't have that instant you know uh, social media and instant news and instant you know um, world news so fast. So now it looks like it's happening everywhere where women are uh, more and more in power. And this is true because it is more accepted than maybe, you know, in the 1950s. But it, that's a really small way to look at human history. Um, and I think that, um, you know, our, tr our, where we want to stand in power is our choice. And whether that means you want to be the king, even though you're a queen, that's fine. You know, you want to be the head of a pirate brigade as a female and have all male pirates on, uh, under you, that's fine. If you are the head of your household, you know, that's, these are all leadership roles mm -hmm. um, that, you know, have existed, you know, you, Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, Anne Bonnie, Mary Reed, um, you know, we, we've always been there. Yeah. I get that been there. So I'm totally with you. Like we've always had the power and it's there. Maybe it's been camouflaged or behind closed doors or whatever. But, and I think I'm really good to reminding us of like, no, it's always, we've always had it and we've always had access to power or we've had power. But I I don't know why for me, it feels like there is a shift and maybe it's, I'm, I'm just in my little limited history. I'm 45 and what I saw from athletics to what I saw with governments to what I saw in a boardroom. When I started my career and when I walk into a boardroom now, there is more diversity than what I, and women in decision-making places in the workplace or in sports, you know, I, 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 I see a difference. I don't know if it means that there was a lack of power and there's more power or it's just transparent as you're saying that we can yeah. see it now. But to me, there feels like a shift and I can't, you know, I'm trying, I'm really, I like this conversation because it's having me challenge my own belief system or thoughts, perception. I just can't put my finger on why I, there's a difference between what you're sharing and what's landing for me. Right. I think that um, we had some, you know, there is a big shift. There is more space for us that we don't have to fight as hard to get to those positions. So there's more women in those positions. Uh, we don't have to stand out as much. There is more, we could work in our feminine way to get to those mm. um, positions instead of working in a masculine way or a masculine mm. world. So therefore it gives 
the ability to have more women um, and make situations more diverse. Because uh, it, it is a little easier for us nowadays, mm. which is great. Yeah. Um, and we demanded it. Yeah. Of being burned at the stake anymore. Right. That was, or, you know, that was yeah, being thrown yeah. in the river. Um. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now we just have to fear being canceled by our uh, society <laughs> for being sexual deviants. But hey, that's that's not probably just not going to go away for Fear of our social media accounts being deleted. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, which for some people might feel like burning at the stake, which, you know, it's probably well, some more shadow work to work on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that there, that, that there is, that again, there's duality in that, that we've always been here as powerful women, but it's also true that there are more now. Yeah. Um, so I think two things, you know, if Aaron, if you look at it and in a way of, you know, both are right, which is so hard to comprehend that two things <laughs> can exist at the same time, yeah. which is kind of the theme here. Yeah. Well, so we already, is it, do you think there's a correlation? So we already talked about how the kind of the shadow conditioning that some of us were brought up in, but then there's also the, the other side, which is like inheriting skills and mm-hmm. wisdom and from our ancestors and our lineage. Um, so do you think there's a correlation of possibly like a larger awakening for uh, people tapping more into those things that are just kind of coming up within them when they're having spiritual awakenings? Cause I feel like that's a, it's a pretty mainstream thing now for people to talk about like, Oh, I had this spiritual awakening. Whereas before I'm maybe like, woke. yeah, I'm woke. Yeah. maybe like 20, <laughs> maybe like 20 years ago, it wasn't right. So, right. um, in that, in the more spiritual awakening, what, whatever is causing that is also then awakening things within us where we're remembering that we have these powers that were then passed on to us, you know, from our ancestors. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that there's totally a a mystical revival going on right now. Um, It's very trendy to be uh, aesthetically witchy. Yeah. And and, um, a light worker and yeah you know, all of this, and we get to pick and choose what we want from other cultures to represent us. Um, yeah, which is nice, you know, but it's at the same time, if we're looking at our ancestors and what we inherit, uh, we really have to come to terms with the fact that maybe not everyone has, you know, the witch trophy or the witch gifts, or, um, maybe not everyone in our family. I know in my family uh there are a lot of intuitive people but there's less intuitive people than non-intuitive people mm-hmm. um you know I only probably have I think three of my cousins um and they're all men I'm the only female cousin really um well there's one more but um we're spread out kind of weird but <laughs> they they have it in a, in a totally different way than my grandmother had her her, her intuition spoke to her um, and quite naturally, they look to the women in the family that are um, psychic or spiritually inclined or whatever for the, for the others, whether they have it or not. And, um, you know, we get into a really interesting place when we're looking at our ancestral magic, because what happens when we come from something that we don't want to carry on, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of ancestors that were villains and, um, there's the other side of what if, you know, we don't know our ancestors, where did, you know, what if it got washed away um, through conversation or through, you know, um, lack of conversation, but also becoming American 
um, or, you know, if you're adopted, I think of my niece who's adopted and what it's her ancestral magic from the family that she chose spiritually before she came into this earth, which is us or from her DNA Mm. or both, Um, you know, and you get to really look at what you choose, uh, where your magic comes from. Is it from a past life? Or is it from, you know, your actual physical earthly DNA from your grandmother's 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 grandmother's. And you get to really play with that and decide, you know, again, it can totally be both. For me, I feel it's definitely both. Um, yeah, I've done past life work. I've done some meditations with Aaron and past life work. And that's, I've gotten stuff that's so old that is, it's, you don't really know what culture that is. You know, it's almost mm-hmm. prehistoric. and um it's just a part of being human I think of where we call on our our gifts and I think that everybody is born with gifts I think all children have them Mm -hmm. I think that we lose them along the way and that's a really sad thing but it's also a very practical thing you know I mean we can't all be out there (laughs) casting (laughs) spells and uh living in the clouds because I not anymore society look like right how would that function and um there's got to be some really practical um thinkers out there to create the world that we have you know this ability to sit on zoom and have a conversation yeah you know it's you know or drive to each other and see do this in person Mm because you know it wouldn't take days to see each other anymore and have Mm -hmm. this conversation you know um and so I think, you know, playing with ancestral magic is really fun. And I think that's a really great jumping point to figure out, oh, I'm, you know, I have Slavic ancestry. I'm going to look up the Slavic witchcraft book and go deeper that way or, or um, Haitian history and look up, you know, get some history from an actual Monvo from voodoo and, you know, go here, there with it. It's, there's so, it's so rich. Our world is so rich. But there's the past life part too, you know, mm-hmm. are we always the same race? Are we always the same culture? I don't mm-hmm. know. I have no idea. You know, what calls to you versus what calls to me. Mm-hmm. I know I wasn't the same gender. I was <laughs> a dick and I was a guy. So it's yeah. interesting. I always joke that I think I went into social work early in my career because I had karma because mm-hmm. it never fit right. I was like, I'm not meant to be here, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, I can leave now. I've done like karmic correction has happened. I'm now mm-hmm. can go move on. Yeah. So if someone wanted to kind of look at their history, I love that idea of going, okay, what your ethnicity, where's your family come from? Where's your lineage and explore that. And if that feels good, that feels right, then keep mm-hmm. exploring it and play with it. If someone says, okay, look, I looked up, you know, my ancestors come from in they're Italian and I look, went all the way back and I'm not feeling it. Would you have an alternative for those who are like, I don't know how the hell I ended up Italian, Canadian, but I'm not <laughs> feeling it on that side. Can you give me an alternative, Pat, to explore? Well, I think the first and foremost alternative that you have to explore with not liking something is figuring out why you don't, because that is a story in itself. And, you know, you figuring out why you don't identify with something will tell you why you might identify with something else. Um, There's probably a strong correlation with 
not wanting to be Italian and being someone in past lives that had a problem with the Italians, you know, things, things like that. And, and then you sometimes we're just, um, you know, mistaken guy, uh, zygotes like Clarissa Pinkolis, he says, and um, Women Who Run With Wolves, her book. Uh, we're just so excited to join Earth and join our families. We hop out of the, you know, stork's basket into the wrong family, mm-hmm. which in turn is the wrong ancestors and the wrong, you know, makeup. And that's okay too. But we got to figure out where that that um, intense feeling comes from and why. So whether we're intensely drawn to something or intensely repelled by something, I think exploring the why first will give us our answers as to what else mm. we like. Um, mm. Very much so. And I think that calling in um, other cultures or, or looking and, and picking and choosing what um, you want to take from other cultures is kind of, you know, dangerous because you will mi- miss the stuff that you don't like. And, you know, that's not really a good way to embrace our shadows is picking and choosing what we want to look at with our shadows. Sometimes we just have to accept not liking something and that's okay. It's, we have to be okay with not, um, you know, with the not liking, the uncomfortability and the yeah. yuckiness. With not getting our way all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you embrace that? Like, how do you recommend embracing stuff? I don't like let's say so i'm irish and german and some french canadian but let's just you know i've been to ireland i really connected with it but let's just say i had the opposite and i dove into it and i was just like i'm not feeling this and it's and i dive into it and it's like maybe i get to a place of i discover i get a sense of why i don't like it but i don't know how to embrace the not liking it do you have a suggestion? Because I think that's a that's actually a global problem, right? Mm-hmm. We push away, we make wrong, we judge. We, there's all these reactions to what we don't like. But when we look at our own inner witch and our own DNA, how do we embrace it? That which we don't like or doesn't sit well with us. Um, you know, that's, that's a question that's going to have an answer that's different for everybody, obviously. I know, speaking from experience, um, and my husband, he's has uh, Irish and Czechoslovakian DNA, and there's no way that he identifies with being Irish. Um, he, you know, even calls a lot of Americans that want to be Irish and say they're Irish, I wish. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he's very, very uh, embedded in Japanese culture through um, his martial arts, through both of our martial arts, but, um, and through, uh, mythology and and learning and reading and from there he's kind of gotten into um, you know so that's something that's been with him from a little kid so he hasn't let go of that magic he hasn't let go of that telling of the story um, and again that you, you could play with past lives or you could play with just what we have right now with other cultures um, but I think what strongly calls to us there's a reason of um, you know he's in uh, feels more uh, with a Japanese culture of honor versus the uh, immigrants, American, you know, white European immigrants. Of, he would probably say no honor. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's, it kind of, I think we really need to listen to ourselves and see what is calling us where and, you know, do that again without judgment and the way to embrace um, 
you know, wanting to be something different. I mean, we can't change our DNA. We can't just, he can't, you know, just decide that he is, you know, no longer European and go on to be uh, a Japanese man in feudal (laughs) Japan, uh, you know, that time has sailed. So whether that's a past life or not, it's, there's a reason he's here now. There's a reason he, um, you know, you're rewriting your own history, your own DNA. And, you know, your ancestors, the, the people that have fell in love and had sex to make you all the way to this modern day human, um, you know, how, what, you know, what makes us, what creates us? I don't, that's not really, we don't really know that necessarily, but we can have the ability to uh, pick and choose. And, and I think that it doesn't always have to be about race um, and ethnicity, some people identify with, uh, more mystical things. Like I'm a mermaid, you know, or I'm a fairy. I think we all know somebody who's, has a lot of fairy energy mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> and is probably from the fairy realm and just mistakenly got here into human, uh, DNA, which is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, th- there's that too. And there, yeah. there's embracing that too. And, and finding and identifying ourselves and representing ourselves. I think a lot of that work is done by, um, inner work again, meditations, reading, research, uh, figuring out what makes brings us joy and pleasure. And pleasure is a very feminine gift. And um, you know what makes us happy is just as important as what makes us repulsed. Yeah. And um, figuring out the why in that is how to kind of embrace, you know, who where your witchiness and your your healer skills lie. You know, maybe again, you know. Um, it comes out in completely different ways with uh, earth magic, water magic, fire magic, you know, what, what do we like? What, what kind of stuff do we want to do? It's, Mm. that's up to you, you know? Yeah. And there's gifts, I guess, in everything, the stuff you don't like and the stuff you do like is that's why I like that you pointed to looking at why maybe you don't like something because there's, there may be a gift or some healing in there for you to, to support, you know, your growth. Is there something Absolutely. you don't like, Bethany? Oh, sorry. About me? Or, no, any <laughs> magic you don't like? Any magic, any magic? Like, eh. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. Um, I don't like, I don't like when people do sac- like blood sacrifices. I don't like that stuff. That makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> Even if it's animals and whatever, like, I just don't like that stuff. That makes me... It's funny because I don't do it, but I, that doesn't like make me as much. I think more like when I think of like causing harm or uh, an eye for an eye, I always mm. feel like, ooh, that shit's going to come back. Like, like revenge. There's a price. Yeah, revenge. Mm. There's a price to that. But I don't know what has me, like, you know, whether I'm reading for pleasure or I'm reading setting history I'm like, oh, I, I notice my like body tightens when it's someone yeah. using skills to harm another. Just but I also think the same thing with courtrooms. Like an eye for an eye. I'm like, oh, just, I just don't know yeah. about this. So, Kat, I'm curious. I see no one could see, no one could see Kat's face, but I feel like she's very like, hmm, interesting. 
what is, <laughs> what is your take on what we're sharing? Well, I was, you were, uh, to be honest, you were breaking up a bit. So I was trying yeah. to uh, figure out what you're saying, but I, I can do that also. Um, and I think that, um, you know, an eye for an eye is very cultural idea. There's not, not all witches think that stuff can come back to you. And the, the law of threefold, you know, what you put in the universe will come back to you yeah. threefold mm-hmm. is a thing. So again, that's cultural. That's an idea that we've been um, taught and uh, we feel, and that's kind, you know, you don't want to blind the whole world. That's kind of a dick move, yeah. but, and forgiveness feels great. You know, it feels great to forgive the people that have hurt you if you can eventually, because then you don't give them the power anymore. That's true. But it also feels good to punish evil people. And again, both of those things can be true. And they're cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, we can get in it, blood sacrifices. Um, I, I have uh, 12, I think, animals at my house. And I would be completely just utterly destroyed if uh, anybody decided to use them for a blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also been, you know, pricked my finger and run to uh, my altar to drop my blood <laughs> in my little mini cauldron, yeah. which is, a you know, my blood, my, that is blood sacrifice. That is that blood magic. Um, so there's so many, you know, you get really deep into. Yeah. For um, me, it's the killing. Super of, witchy stuff. Right. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. like using your blood, like that's that, I could totally see that, like whatever that, that but if you're probably killing someone. Watch above her cauldron during her period. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's totally yeah, well, I, collect my, I collect my period blood. Yes. I it's sometimes true. I do. I've used it before. Yeah. And that I think is great. I think that's powerful, but I think it's when you're taking a life that uh-huh. that's where it's too much for me. Right. And that's, yeah. um, you know, you, probably didn't do much ancient greek magic in your lifetime or maybe you were uh, a, a head priestess of i a, probably am like you know, i don't ever want to do that again <laughs> yeah maybe you've had your fill probably of blood. you know who knows or you were a victim of yeah a sorcerer that used it yeah we you know there again to look in the repulsion is is really it's creepy and fun depending on what what you're like and just like the funner um so true yeah it's you know we don't want to hurt people and that's really nice you know we don't want to hurt things that's a good thing that's something that this world has never been even though it seems so chaotic right now this world has never been more peaceful Mm -hmm. this world has never been more accepting this world has never been so quick to say this is wrong this is right which can be a good thing can be a bad thing but this is the best time in history I mean we have medicine and running water and we have the ability to say hey that guy's an asshole and he's putting down you know that underdog that's not okay it's not right to murder somebody it's not right to um, cause harm or want to hurt somebody and that's really great that's you know we want to move past this evilness but to decide that that is inherently evil that that way you do witchcraft is evil is a judgment Mm -hmm. and you know what again what is evil i don't know is evil good sometimes it's all perspective oh, i mean yeah, it I depends like threw me up in the air and now i'm like i don't know <laughs> just like i don't and know I, i'm messing with a libra too so she's like this like really fast right know. now yeah <laughs> well one of the things we we know that you've come with is a spell mm-hmm. 
to help. Right. And this is, I'm super excited about this because I think for me, my background being raised Catholic, mm-hmm. um, I think there was a demonizing of women and their magic that I sensed as a child in my own experience. And as an adult, I think it's been more like, oh, a spell, oh, a charm, like, and it's intention. You know, I sage a house. Who fucking knows if sage, there's indigenous, you know, I've worked with Native American elders who use it, but it's the intention behind it. So I say to anyone listening is, if this feels exciting or this feels like you want to lean into it, go for it. And if it doesn't, then don't. It might not be your magic. But I would love, uh, both Bethany and I are excited to have you share uh, one of your spells that our listeners could try on. Sure. Um, I think we have a an ability to look in our kitchen cabinets and not have to go out and buy things. So um, if you're living in the Southern California area, you might have really easy access to lemons. Um, so mm-hmm. I think salt is something that it, almost anybody has in their cabinet and an herb that we probably all like to cook with is rosemary. So these are three ingredients that, um, you know, I'd like to give you for uh, this bath potion and, um, you know, really starting anything, starting any project, starting any spiritual work, you want to start from a clean jumping point. Um, just the same way you clean your kitchen before you bake a cake. I think we should clean ourselves and energetically clean our bodies, um, and our souls, uh, doing any kind of magical work. So a spiritual detox bath in a way, or a, um, you know, mystical hand sanitizer (laughs) is uh, what you want. What you want to do is gather your three ingredients and fill your bathtub up um, to, you know, whatever temperature. I like burning hot, but I can't have burning hot bathtubs with carrying a child. (laughs) So soon I'll be able to have my boiling uh, water again. Um, But I like to work in the power of three. So I'm offering that to you with these three ingredients. So three times you want to add a handful um, of salt and declare by the power of my light, I make this water pure. And so by that, you're making your own holy water. Mm. Um, And then you add your rosemary and your lemon slices. Um, And you could do that the same way by the power of my light, I make this water pure. Um, you don't have to say that out loud. If it feels a little too weird, you can say it in your head, you could feel it also. Um, and when you're soaking, visualize a white purifying light, holding you, holding your space, kind of energetically cleansing your space around you. And you know, what's really important after your soak, maybe 20 minutes or, um, you know, do a meditation with that, whatever, whatever feels right to you, as long as you get that quietness to sit in the light Um, When you're done, the way to release the negative energy or the um, predispositions, judgments we're having or anything else that we're removing from our body, uh, you banish that with a fixed gaze on the water as it swirls down your tub once you pull um, the plug, so to speak. So you're pulling the plug 
on your uh, bullshit, I guess, and letting it all go down the drain. I love it. <laughs> and you're left with a clean body, a clean uh, mind, and a, a place to start and rinse this off with cool water, kind of in the shower. Um, and you can save the rosemary to dry it out later to burn if you want to. You can leave the lemons outside as a sun offering to help you do this kind of, kind of work. If you don't have a bathtub, you can make this concoction, make this bath potion in a bowl and pour it over you in the shower and then rinse in the shower as well. It's important to rinse it away because then you're really starting fresh and you're getting mm. all that off of you. Um, and that kind of gives you a good um, jumping base to go off the deep end if that's where you're <laughs> headed or just, you know, dig your feet Dive in into your at a time. Yeah. 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 So it just <laughs> gives, kind of washes away your your judgment of what you're what to expect your expectations I love that I'm gonna do this are you gonna do this Erin I feel like oh we yeah I'm do laughing it like, because what what I was gonna say and then we should talk about it after another, another <laughs> podcast totally <laughs> how it well, went so or we'll yeah. have your spells and potions yeah back because I'm laughing you're naming shit that I actually am growing that grows in my yard I have rosemary yeah, nice. I have lemon I'm <laughs> glad you didn't say apricots or I know, right? basil because I'd be like yeah oh. But, okay, I had a question though, just because I feel like sure. this might come up for our listeners: is how does it matter how much lemon and how much rosemary, and like in it, what? It's way? your access. Don't obviously okay. don't wipe your pantry out if you're going to cook <laughs> with that tonight. Um, but if you grow it, you know, uh, you might want to use a lot, or you might want to just pick a little bit, and a little bit is fine too. More of it is um, the intention. With salt, I like to generally use. Um, a cup of salt because it feels really nice on your skin Um, and that's a good equivalent for the bathtub yeah yeah it has all the benefits for Mm -hmm. your skin okay and then um if so we loved having you here like conversation (laughs) I feel like you reminded me Kat when I was in college I had a philosophy professor and he would say something and I he would speak as if he owned it and then he would turn into another philosophy and I was like fuck pick a side who am I talking to that's philosophy yeah and I'm like listening to you like okay and then you'll be like well it you know why would we want to kill but then again why are we judging if that means uh and I'm like fuck I don't know like so I appreciate the um topsy-turvy for me my inner kind of like going with it and a reminder of like exploring the judgment and exploring like I declare things as so and and maybe pausing and be like well why and what are you pushing away and what can you actually lean into yeah. so uh that was yeah a mind bend okay oh, well you know I'm glad that you got today's version of myself tomorrow I might have said a completely different thing <laughs> I love it um so where can people, so we're gonna have listeners that are like gosh, I love what she said oh my gosh where do I find more potions and spells and Folks, where can people find you that want to learn more from you? Um, that's a good question. I'm, you know, like a, a witch on the hill in my cabin that might move uh, away, you know, uh, <laughs> run away on a chicken legs if too many people find me. But um, I think that uh, Instagram's a really great way to follow me, find me, um, kind of see how I live my little life right now. I'm not, um, I'm not advertising anything really so if you if you are looking for my kind of work it'll fall on your lap and you'll you'll know why 
I don't know why you picked me. I don't know why anybody would, but hey, um, so I have a, I work with a lot of people that I recommend spells with and um, privately I'm uh, working with sex workers uh, and tarot magic and um, helping them, you know, to create their business because what's better shadow side than that. And um, yeah, I'm also at uh, Kelly Evans healing portal quite often uh, helping you pick out crystals mm-hmm. even though um there's a wonderful person that uh named izzy that is <laughs> able to help you too there um and uh yeah you can email me uh, at katecalico at gmail.com which is just the same as my instagram handle and find me that way ask questions um i'm a, most likely my answer is going to be researched um, because I'm about to have a baby and I might be completely closing my books. I don't know what that's going to look like. So yeah. I'll definitely let people know when I'm open for business again and seeing clients mm-hmm. on a regular. Um, but if it's an emergency, I'm here. That's, that's my job. And they, and they can go on Instagram. You have other potions and spells that if they want to yeah. play and look at. I yeah, think- I'm going to be posting them more consistently because I think people really need that right now. And she does teas. There's, I love, <laughs> there's an elegant and a magical way that you also will do these really cool tea rituals that um, I laughed because we brought high tea kind of concept into the house. Carl and I blended our families and the kids love it. Like even mm-hmm. on a hot day, they're like, oh, we should do a tea and almost like ceremonial. Like they don't even know mm-hmm. what they're saying, but they like that ritual there's something about I'll have to probably I'm gonna go on your on your Instagram and look it up a little bit more but it's really kind of um it's I the, I I enjoy it but I know the kids have really enjoyed oh let's do that there's a natural pull for that so thank you yeah well thank you thanks to the kids kids are awesome they are the most magical ones of us so yeah and it's that is completely gender genderless their magic so it's yeah. definitely both yeah absolutely. so Thank you for joining us. We're going to now flip the table on you and mind fuck you. <laughs> Yay! Uh, <laughs> yes, and we will have the um, the detox bath potion that she sure. said. Oh, yes. We will have it in the podcast notes, so check it out there if you look, if you want to have it in writing, um, along with her information where you can find her. Thank, Thank you, Kat. You and everyone join us for Intuitive Hits. We're going to be reading this Sagittarius philosopher <laughs> witch. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> right, bye, everyone. Bye.